0: Our scripture this morning is from Matthew uh, chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, we'll read verses 18 to 25. While you're turning there, before you stand, I want to add one announcement. Uh, There is one other person that will be voted on today. We have an unexpired term, uh, an open seat for one year on the session and Mr. Joe Baird uh, has been nominated and has agreed to that. We had to make it, we, we nominated him a long time ago, uh, but uh, we didn't communicate that to him as early as we should have, but it was more than a week beforehand. So we're good to vote on him. And I didn't want him to think that we didn't put his name in there because we don't love him very much. It was just a matter of he's a godly man and want to pray over it a while, and Mona wanted to get those bulletins made early this week. So um, anyway, uh, add that to the agenda. All right, Matthew 1 and verse 18. Would you please stand for the reading of Scripture? Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And he called his name Jesus. May God add his richest blessing to reading of this portion of his holy word. Would you pray with me please? Our Father in heaven again we thank you for your holy word. We're thankful that you have spoken to us. And we pray uh, that by the power of your spirit you would speak to us. Now that we would see and hear our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That he would be high and lifted up and that his sheep would hear his voice. And follow Him. So speak to us and bless us, we pray, in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. Emmanuel, God with us, uh, part one. Uh, This week and next week, uh, we will look at the incarnation of Jesus. Uh, First today, we will look at Jesus being God. And next week, we'll look at Jesus being a man. Some years ago, I was talking with a person in a tragic circumstance which left her husband dead, and she was bankrupt. Her husband was gone. Her house was about to be gone. Everything was gone. This person was one of those people who just never could really quite come to Jesus, but couldn't get away from him either. But I will never forget what she said to me after we buried her husband. She asked me this, do you think that God really cares about us? Or do you think that he looks at us the way we look at animals in a zoo. And that was one of the few times in my life, and I mean a very few, that I didn't have to wait until it was too late to figure out how to answer her question. And if you want to know what I told her, I'll tell you after a while. But first, let's think together about what we remember and celebrate at this time of year. The coming of our Lord Jesus into this world. As Matthew describes the birth of Jesus, he concludes, as he frequently does, by explaining that it fulfilled the Old Testament. That is one of the main themes of the Gospel of Matthew, to show that Jesus is the fulfillment of the promises and the prophecies that God had made to His people in the Old Testament hundreds and thousands of years before to send the Messiah. And here Matthew tells us what the birth of Jesus fulfilled. Look at verse uh, 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see the birth in the birth of Jesus Christ the promise is fulfilled that God is with us Jesus here it says he will be named Jesus it also says he is called Emmanuel and that's what Emmanuel means God with us After I had determined to preach this, you may have seen it as well. I passed Calvary Baptist Church out on number 55, and I saw their sign that says, Christmas explained in three words God with us. That's it, that's the message. So now let's look at it together. First in this passage, you see that Jesus is God. He is God. Look at verse 23 again. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. For Jesus to be God with us, he has to be God. Now it is our confession of faith that Jesus is God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made. The words of the hymn we sang already this morning, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. In other words, Jesus is absolutely, fully God. He is every bit as much as God as the Father is God. You're in Matthew, turn to chapter 9. Matthew 9, and look at verse 1. And getting Matthew 9:1, and getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. Now you see there, they bring this paralyzed man to Jesus to be healed. (coughs) And Jesus says to him, My son, your sins are forgiven. He at first doesn't say, Be healed. He says, Your sins are forgiven. Now, you see, the scribes say to themselves, Jesus is blaspheming. Why? Why did they accuse Jesus of blasphemy? It was because he told this man that his sins were forgiven And only God has the authority to forgive sin. You remember, King David confessed to the Lord, Against thee and thee only have I sinned. When Jesus said that he had the authority to forgive sins, he was claiming to be nothing less than God himself. Now, let me give you an example that you could all identify with. Let's say that Ron Wallace said something that hurt Jimmy Keegan's feelings. I'm sure that could happen and has happened many times. Now, let's say that Jimmy here, he's he's all frustrated with Ron because Ron has offended him. And then Jim Young, he's leaving. I was about to call him out and he's walking out on me. Jim Jim Young says, now... uh, Uh, This has got to go away. Ron, I forgive you. Well, that's not right. You can't forgive Ron for what what he did to Jimmy. Jimmy has to forgive him. Someone who's not involved can't forgive you for an offense you you did to somebody else. So when Jesus says... I forgive your sins. He is saying, I am the one you sinned against. Against thee. And thee only have I sinned. Jesus is saying, I am God Almighty. Now, when they say this is blasphemy, you notice Jesus says to them, all right, you don't think I can forgive his sins? I'm not God. What's easier? To forgive sins or to heal a paralyzed man? Well, no mere man could do either one. So he heals him. And the miracle backs up his claim that he is God Almighty. This is why what we read in our text that Jesus was born of the virgin is a non-negotiable article of the Christian faith. Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost and born to the virgin Mary because He is God. He is both God and man. The virgin birth is the only way he could be both God and man. Look at verse 19. We're back on our text now. Matthew 1, 19. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit joined the divine and human in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Jesus' divine nature was not conceived. It had eternally existed, but the Holy Spirit conceived his human nature by joining it to the divine person in the womb of the virgin. Now, I have no idea what I just said. (laughs) If you understand how that worked, I'll pay you a lot of money to explain it to me. But I know this. It means Jesus is God. Absolutely, fully God. So you see that Jesus is God. And secondly and finally, you see that he is with us. Look at verse 23 again. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. He is not only God, but God with us. This is the heart and soul of all the Bible from beginning to to end, God with his people. The scripture begins with God making the world and people in his own image. And the first people, our parents, Adam and Eve, had fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden. God was with them. But because of their sin, their rebellion, they were kicked out of the garden and lost that relationship. They were no longer with him. And the unfolding story of the Bible is God reclaiming his lost people so that he himself can be With them. When he brought the Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt, he was with them in the form of a pillar of fire by night and cloud by day. And then later, when God gave them instructions, they constructed the tabernacle and wherever they camped, the tabernacle was in the center of the camp because God was with them in their very midst. Later, he was with them in the permanent structure of the temple that replaced the tabernacle. And he promised his people, even when the temple was destroyed and they were carried into captivity in Babylon, he was still with them. Throughout the scripture, the Lord's promise to his people is this. You will be my people, and I will be your God. It's a marriage between God and his people. get married so you can be with the one you love. God had promised his people. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Fear not, for I am with you. And you know the beloved words of King David, the 23rd Psalm, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever he's with me now and I will be with him forever And the scripture ends with this beautiful picture. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. And be their God. That's heaven. That's what makes heaven heaven, to be with God, to dwell in his house forever. But you see, for us to be with God, he first had to come to us. And so the birth of Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the promise that the virgin would conceive and bear a son and they will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. You remember when the Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in captivity in Babylon would not bow down to the golden image and were thrown into the flaming fiery furnace and the king looked and said did we not see did we not throw three men into the fire behold I see four and the fourth is like unto the son of God now scholars can say what they want about the pagan what the pagan king thought he saw in that fire but I'll tell you what he saw he saw the son of God He saw the Lord Jesus in the fire. That was 500 years B.C. Yeah, I can count, but he saw the Lord Jesus in that fire. But Jesus is God. He was around long before he was born as a human. And he appeared in that fire to show us a picture of what he would do for us. You see, that's why he came, to go into the fire with us just as God had promised he would. And maybe you are in the fire today. Maybe this season is painful for you. We all go through all kinds of fires, and if you've never been in the fire, keep on living. When the fire comes, the promise is he is with you. But how do you know he's with you? The three Hebrew children miraculously did not burn. But what if the fire gets you? How do you know he's with you? you are still in Matthew. Turn to the end of it. Verse 20, chapter 27. Matthew 27. And look at verse 46. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the fire. You see, because of our sin, we are all estranged, we are all alienated, we are all separated from God. But God Himself came to be with us, to be one of us, and as one of us, He went all the way to the cross to bear our sin and the alienation from God our sin brings upon us. He did not say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Psalm 23. No, he quoted Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, this is why it had to be God. Fully God, the weight and guilt and burden of our sin, it's eternal, it's infinite. Only one who is infinite and eternal himself could bear the infinite guilt and justice and wrath of God for the sins of the world. But to do it for us, he had to become one of us. And so he is God with us. You see, we can say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. We have the promise of God, I will never leave you nor forsake you, only Because the Son of God became fully one of us and in our place said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's how you know He is with you in the fire. She asked me, do you think that God really cares about us? Or do you think He looks at us the way we look at animals in the zoo? And that's what I said to her. Given the circumstances, I would be tempted to think that He does look at us much the way we look at animals in the zoo except that he himself became the lowest animal in the zoo God with us, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel, do you know that he is with you? Is he with you? Will you receive him by faith today? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.